So uh, if it was written in Matthew 6, one of the, one of the most neglected or uh, maybe mistimed aspects of the Lord's Prayer, of, of any prayer in, in general, what should be a common part of, of every Christian's prayer life, it, maybe even of every prayer that a Christian, a Christian prays, is the prayer, is asking God to deliver us from evil. But it's not. It's, it's neglected because for many people, it's not a part of their prayer life at all. Very rarely do they pray, deliver us from evil. Or it's mistimed because as Christians, we don't pray it until, we don't pray it every day, and we don't pray it in every prayer, but rather only when we see evil. So it's mistimed that we ask God to deliver us from evil sort of after, it's more reactive rather than proactive. So it's not a proactive part of our prayer life, Lord, deliver us from evil. We think we only pray that when we see the evil. So it's a miss, it's either a neglected or a mistimed part of our prayer. We either pray it too little or we, we pray it too late, uh, this, this prayer of deliver us from evil. And I think that's because we don't understand that prayer. We don't understand what's packed in that phrase, deliver us from evil. And you're like, well, we've sure spent a lot of weeks unpacking it. And I didn't know all that when we first started. So, so certainly we've at least gained some sort of, or gleaned some sort of deeper understanding of what Christ is telling us when he teaches us to pray, deliver us from evil. And that's what we're looking at. What do we mean when we pray, deliver us from evil. Why should we pray? Why should we pray it more often? Why should it be a a common part of our prayers? Uh, Again, not just because Jesus says so. I mean, that alone, what he says in Matthew 6 alone, when he says, hey, when you pray, pray like this, that should make it so, okay, I got it. I don't need to understand why. I'm going to do it just because Jesus says. Like, I don't need to understand the why. But the good thing about the Bible is that he does give us a lot of the reasons why we should pray, deliver us from evil. There's a lot of biblical meat behind that. Not just sort of shepherding and leading us in that way, but, but, but biblical truth that has already been uh, laid out. And that's what we've been looking at. That's what we've been sort of exegeting is all that the Bible tells us, uh, not just about prayer, but about this deliverance from evil. If Jesus thinks that being delivered from evil is so important that it should be in, in every one of our prayers, then perhaps we should understand it better. Perhaps we should make sure we know what Jesus is saying when he tells us to uh, to pray that. And that's what we've been trying to do is to, is to let the Bible sort of explain these things, to tell us what's going on when God delivers us from evil. We've, we've seen God deliver us from evil by keeping evil away. Uh, and now the last few weeks, we've, we've been looking at what his deliverance looks like when, when deliverance is the fight against evil, when deliverance isn't that evacuation, but rather, uh, but rather the, the victory of, of the battle against evil, when God delivers us by letting us wage war against evil. And that's what we've been looking at. It is the Christian's battle, not just our evacuation from evil, that deliverance, but how we see the Bible describe our battle against evil as also part of our deliverance from evil. And so we're trying to understand that, what some people call spiritual warfare. We're trying to understand uh, what that looks like in the Christian life and how when we pray delivers from evil, how that happens if we're still in the middle of spiritual war, how that is part of the deliverance so that we're not confused and we're like delivers from evil and we look up and there's still evil right, uh, right there. So let's stand in the honor of reading God's word. Let's read Matthew 6 and then we'll affirm our obedience to it at the end, of course. Uh, Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. All right, so we've seen, we've seen what we need to know about sort of the war in general. We see what we need to know about particular battles that we might face in terms of the, the war. We saw, you know, don't be afraid of the fact that you're in this spiritual war. So we've talked about evil coming against you. How should you feel about that when you're asking God to deliver you from evil? Don't be afraid. Uh, God is guarding you. We saw that he's, he's guarding you. He's protecting you. He's limiting what your enemy can do. Uh, he's, he's, he's supplying you with, with uh, angelic protection. So don't be afraid. Uh, instead, rejoice. We said that you should rejoice that you're in the midst of this spiritual war. You should rejoice because God is growing you. So don't be afraid. God is guarding you. Instead, when speaking of spiritual war, rejoice because God is growing you in it. The spiritual war is showing you, it is proving that your faith is real. It is proving that you don't belong to the enemy. All the things that might raise doubt in your minds are proven in the spiritual fight. Your faith is grown and the reality of your faith is proven to you. Your faith becomes weightier through the warfare. And so that's why we should rejoice in the fact that we're in this war, that we're in the war against the enemy, that we even need to be delivered because we're in this battle. But then we also have been looking at, but what do you do about particular battles? Yes, I understand the war. I understand how I should think about the war in general, but what should I think about this battle that I'm facing? And we've seen that those are two very different things. You are part of a, of a large scale war that often has many campaigns in your life, many different fronts that you might be facing. But what do you think about a particular battle? about a singular battle you're in, a moment where evil is coming against you, whether you've got the temptations or whatever, whether it's tempting you or, or tempting your spouse or tempting your children and, and you're a part of that battle. How should we think about those particular spiritual battles? And we've looked at a few things that the Bible tells us. We've seen that those battles are real. Those battles are real. And so the pain will be real. The heartache of being in the battle will be real. The consequences of failing in the battle will be real. But also the victory is real. The victory is real in those battles as well. So the battles are real. We saw that the battles are little. They're little, not long. Remember, if for a little while, that, that our battles, the, the battle that you're in, you've got to remember this battle is little. It's not long. It's short. Why do I know it's short? Because God says it will be. And remember, God defines little, not you. Uh, so you may be in this battle. You got to know it's little. Now you can't say, now God, I would like to define little this way and sort of go to God's Wikipedia page and retype it uh, to say that little means this. You can't do that. You just have to trust God. This is going to be little. And it is right now. Remember he says, for little now, you're dealing with these sufferings. So what you're dealing with this battle is right now, not always. You got to remember that too. So remember, this is just the battle I'm facing now. Doesn't mean this is the battle that I will always face. God says, little and now are your battles. But the good news is every battle is also a necessary one. Not only are these battles little, not only are they right now, they are also necessary. Uh, they are what you need. They are good for you. Uh, or the Lord would not let them through. He would, not, he would have limited the enemy for the battle to not take place this way if it wasn't good for you. They're necessary and they can be won. Every battle can be won for the Christian. Uh, because God has prepared you. God has prepared you to fight. He's prepared you to fight this particular battle and not just to fight it, but to fight it powerfully. He's given you hands trained for war, able to pull back bows of bronze, able to leap over walls. Remember, we, we looked at all these descriptions of the Christian in the battle and how God 
prepares us for those things. Uh, And so last week we saw, well, what do you do if that's all the things you're supposed to know? What are we supposed to do? And last week we saw the first thing you need to do is to be ready. You get ready for the battle. You know all these things to be true. You've got sort of the mental part wrapped up. Now what do you need to do? You need to be ready. And specifically you get ready by two things. We saw these repeated, these two things repeated both by Peter and Paul. Uh, we We saw that you need to sober up and you need to wake up. Sober up and wake up. Be sober, that is, don't be drunk. Don't be drunk either quite literally or be drunk on the things of the world. Uh, and you need to be awake, not asleep. Because your enemy, because why does it say, why does Peter tell us to sober up and wake up? Because the enemy's outside going about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. If that's true, then you would wake up. You wouldn't go, is that my alarm? No, no, it's just a lion outside my house. Uh, let me go back to sleep. Uh, you wouldn't do that. Uh, and so we need to, you know, sort of dunk our heads, baptize our, our thoughts in the, in the water trough to wake us up, to sober us up and get us ready uh, for, uh, for the battle. Uh, so in terms of war prepping, of being ready for the fight, that's what we do. But that's not all that the Bible tells us to do sort of pre-fight. So all the Bible tells us to do to get ready for the fight. What else can we do? Not only do we need to sober up and not only do we need to wake up, This week we're going to see we need to armor up. You need to armor up. There's a lion outside and you don't need to run out in your bathrobe, okay? You need to armor up in preparation for the battle. And that's that's key. We armor up, and, and I'll have you notice this, we armor up before the battle. That's going to be very important for us. Armor up, you have to armor up and armor up before the battle. So the next step in in being prepared for spiritual war, being ready for the battle that might come to you, might come to you today. It might have, you might have already dealt with battles on the drive from home to church, right? And you might deal with battles, you might be dealing with a battle right now as your thoughts are prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, uh, or whatever. You may be, or you may deal with battles on the way home. We don't know, but when the battle comes, how can you prepare yourselves? Even now, what do we need to do? We need to armor up, and we need to armor up now, to armor up before the battle, to armor up Every day. So let, let's talk about armoring up before the battle and how we see that the Bible tells us uh, not just about the armor of the Lord, but tells us you put that armor on now. You put the armor on before the fight. The, 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 the problem really for us as Christians is we, we all know about the armor of God. We all know, I mean, you can go to your local Christian bookstore and even probably buy uh, little plastic sets uh, of the armor of God. We, we know that the armor of God exists but we think that we're only supposed to put on that armor at certain times. Uh, normally, we don't think about armoring up until the battle started. We start to get in the middle of a battle. And we go, oh, I better put the armor on, right? Uh, I'm in a battle. What should I do? Here, let me, let me run to Ephesians and read about the armor of God because I'm in a battle. That's, and and what, sometimes even worse than that, sometimes not only do we not put it on until the battle started, Sometimes we don't think about the armor of God until the battle's over, until we've already failed in the battle. We've already lost self-control. We already have spoken with words that are not honoring to the Lord. We've already let our emotions get away from us. We've already done something we should. And then we go, ooh, I better put the armor on. All of those things are too late. 
All of those things are not when God tells us to put the armor on. And that's why it would be, it is foolish to think of the armor of God that way. And it, when we think of it that way, it gets us in a lot of trouble. It gets us in a lot of trouble. I mean, it, it, it's foolish, one, because that's not how any armor works, much less the armor of God. No, no armor works that way. No one goes, oh, I've been stabbed. I better put armor on. Uh, and yet that's how we treat it. Oh, I've sinned. I better armor up. Too late. Uh, oh, the fiery dart of the evil one has pierced me. I better hurry and put a breastplate on and pick my shield up. Too late. Too late. But even if you hadn't been stabbed yet, even if you just see the battle coming, that also is too late. Waiting to see the battle to put the armor on is too late. I mean, even if you just think of armor, like the, even if you think of the armor of the first century, like sort of Roman armor, take minutes to put that armor on. Minutes. You know, this isn't like Iron Man, where you just sort of, you know, you know, push a button and armor just ding, 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 uh, flies all over you. And that's kind of how we think it's going to be. Oh, here comes the battle. Armor up. You know, that's not how it works. Armor up. Now, because I see the battle coming. That's never. So when, when the Lord tells us to put armor on, none of these people were thinking about CGI effects in the first century. None of them. Uh, none of them were thinking about instantaneous armor. When they saw put the armor on, they thought, Ugh, that's a process. Uh, you know, and it, you know, and they're not even talking about medieval armor. People reading this in the, well, they weren't reading it in the 1500s, but uh, people reading this later would, would go, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of work. You know, uh, I'm going to need a squire to help me, you know, but uh I mean, and we think about it. Imagine a soldier walking around the battlefield without his armor. Imagine him walking around without helmet, without his weapon. Imagine if you looked at, you know, if they showed you a picture of, of, of you know, a modern warfare uh, today. Or even think about, like, everyone loves to think about World War I. Think World War I trench warfare. Imagine a guy just sort of walking around, no armor on. You think, what's that guy doing? Uh, you know, imagine, even worse, walking around in like, in like a t-shirt and shorts, right? Not even that he doesn't have his helmet on, he didn't have any of his armor on. He's in t- maybe even in, you know, in pajama pants, uh, walking around the trenches. You're going to look at that guy and what are you going to think? That guy's a fool. Why is he a fool? He's not going to go, oh, it's fine, you know, with his little cup of coffee and his bathrobe and go, it's fine, the, the battle hadn't started yet. Uh, I, they're, they're still over there loading their machine guns. You'd go, dummy, you're in a war. The enemy could storm your trench at any moment, right? At any moment. And yet as Christians, it's just as foolish for us to think we can wait to armor up when the battle comes. And yet, unfortunately, that's what we often do. We don't think about the armor of God until we see, uh, if we're lucky, we think about it when we're about to get into a fight. What normally happens is we don't think about it until we've already failed in the fight. Until we've already lost one battle and we see that another one might be coming and then we think, armor up so it's foolish because that's not how armor works one but it's also foolish because that's not what god tells us to do which makes it doubly foolish it's foolish because armor doesn't work that way and it's foolish because god doesn't tell us to treat it like that he tells us to put the armor on now before the battle we put it on in preparation for the particular battle because we are already at war and i think it's i think it's the fact that we forget that idea that caused us to be late to put it on for the battle so let's go let's go to ephesians 6 let's go to ephesians 6 where we which is has been a sort of jumping off for this deliver us from evil as well because it's ephesians 6 where we learn that our battle isn't against flesh and blood that our real battle is against these spiritual forces and so let's see what god tells us to do in light of that knowledge how he tells us to prepare 
for that fight, the fight that we've been talking about. Uh, so, so let's start, let's start in verse 11, actually, because that's where we're going to start talking about the armor of God. He says, starting in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So if you want to stand against the scheme of the devil, what do you do? You put on the armor of God. But again, I want you to notice the putting on of the armor happens in preparation for the fight, not in response to it. But again, more on that in a second. Because why, why is it important that we get ready to stand against the, the schemes of the devil? Well, that's what we saw in verse 12. Why are we prepared for the, that specific battle? I mean, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm not in some sort of wilderness wandering. Why do I need to be ready for the schemes of the devil? Why do I need to have the armor of God as if I'm going to fight the devil? Well, he tells us in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So all the evil ones that the evil one is using, that's who you're fighting against. So what do you need to do? You put the armor on because that's your fight. You put on the armor of God because your fight isn't against flesh and blood. Your fight is against these spiritual forces. But what does he say in the very next verse, verse 13? Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. You want to be able to withstand? You want to, you, the, the word there is actually stand against. It's, it's the word anti and stand. It's a combination of, and it's like anti-stand. Uh, if you want to be able to anti-stand, it's, it's, you see the sort of the same thing in verse 11. The word there, stand against, is actually the word stand toward. Uh, the, the, the idea being, if you want to stand facing the enemy instead of always running away from the enemy, this is what you need to do. Which is why I love the translation stand toward rather than, uh, the, uh, rather than stand against because it makes it look like they're the same word. They're not the same word. So anyway, you want to you face the enemy? You know, if you want your t-shirt to say point toward the enemy? Uh, if you want that to be what you're doing, if you want to stand against, if you want to anti-stand, Stand against what the enemy is doing, facing him instead of running away. What do you need to do? When the evil day comes, you want to stand against it and you want to keep standing? This is what you do. You put on the armor of God. But notice, it's what you do in preparation for that day. It's not what you do on that day. It's not what you do in the midst of the attack of the enemy. It's what you do. He's saying, if you want to be able to stand... This is what you do now. It is to prepare for that day. So this is what you want. This is what you, if you want to be able to stand when the evil day comes, implying that it's not there yet. This this isn't what you do on the evil day. This is what you do for the evil day. It's not what you do when you see the battle coming. It's what you do for the battle that you know is coming. For the Christian, battle preparation is preemptive. And that's what gets us in the most trouble. Again, most most Christian trouble comes because they haven't been preemptive in preparation for the battle. I'll even say it, rephrase it and make it even more. All Christian sin, all Christian sin, if you hate your sin, it falls under this category. All Christian sin comes because they've not been preemptive in their preparation for the fight. That's the level of importance of what we're talking about here. This is why we pray, deliver us from evil in every prayer, in every prayer. Because if sin can ever show its way, then you need to already be ready for that deliverance, which means you already need to be armoring up because that's part of God's deliverance is he gives you armor. 
So what do we do? We armor up. The Christian prepares for battle by putting on the armor for the battle. And they do it before the battle. You want to stand up on that day? Then you need to armor up today. That's what the Christian does. Look at what Paul says in the next verse, in verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So how's the Christian able to stand? They are able to stand not by putting on these things. They're able to stand because they've already put on these things. You stand not by fastening on the belt of truth. You stand because you've fastened on the belt of truth. It's not put on the belt of truth and you'll be able to stand in that day. It's you're going to stand because you've already put it on. And notice that that same sentiment goes with all the armor. You stand because you have put on the belt. You stand because you have put on the breastplate. You have put on the shoes so that what? You are ready. You are ready. There's nothing worse than having to do something without shoes. It's the single worst thing that can happen to you in your life. Uh, is to have to do, take, take that to the bank. Uh, like anytime I have to do something and I can't find my shoes, I just go, well, I go, thank the Lord for teenagers and I just make them do it. Uh, but normally, like if I, if I was required, like if I had to walk on gravel or, or even like hard grass, like I'm done, uh, you know, why? Because that's so, so you, you don't feel ready. It's, it's like, it's like when, when you, when you, as, as it's, it's like when your parents used to tell you to always be ready for anything. Like when I was 16 and my, my mom and my dad were like always, you know, telling me to, to get ready if something goes bad. And here's all the stuff you need to have. If you, you know, if you get in a huge accident and the, the ambulance is dealing with you, I want you to have clean clothes on and all that uh, sort of thing. That, that, that's the readiness that comes. You get ready because you have put on those things. It isn't, you're going to be able to stand if you get the shoes really close to you. You're going to be able to stand if you put that breastplate just right there by your bed. You're going to be able to stand if you've got that belt just sitting there on a hook, really easy to grab. He says, you'll be able to stand because you have put those things on. You have. You've already got them on. You're wearing them at at all times. So to prepare for the battle, we must armor up. We must armor up today because then is too late. Then is always too late for the Christian. It's now. It's now. It's not then. If we wait for then, if we wait for the battle to start, then we're already too late. We're already losing. And that's what happened. Because what does the devil do? It says that the devil roams about, right? He roams about and we're not ready. We're not prepared. We're not alert. We didn't put on the armor that day. We don't have the shield of faith up. And so guess what the devil does? That's the guy, right? That's the one. Because the devil ain't an idiot. He knows that the armor of God can stop every one of his fiery darts. He knows that the shield can start every, the shield of God can stop everything that, that comes uh, our way. And so he's not expund, or, you know, expelling his, his darts against that person. What he's looking for is he's looking for you to think, oh, the battle's not going to happen today. You do not have your armor on. You don't want to have to deal with the battle. The best thing you can do is armor up. Because if you armor up, the evil one is not going to look at you and go, there's the prey, there's the one. And if he does, guess what's going to happen? You'll be able to extinguish all of his fiery darts. You don't want to be in the battle? Armor up. You want to win the battle? 
armor up, but do it now, not then. And so what often happens is we don't even think about the war. We don't even think about much. We don't, we don't forget the battle. We forget the fact that we're in a war normally. We forget, forget the fact that we're in a war until we see the enemy has already fired his shot. And if we're lucky, we see the dark coming. If we're lucky. If we're lucky, our little NORAD alarms go off uh, and we see, we see it tracking in. But normally that's not what happens. Since we're not ready for the war, since we're not armored up, what happens is, boom, the enemy shoots, we notice it, we don't have the armor on, we don't have the shield up, we can't get it up in time because the battle's happening right now and we can't say pause, let me go deal with this, let me go armor up for a second and then let's continue this conversation or then I'm going to decide what to do. So what happens is we normally don't even start fighting the battle until we're already wounded. We don't even start fighting until we're already wounded. Or we're trying to calm down someone that we've wounded because we were the one that wielded the fiery dart of the evil one. We we had trouble fighting the enemy. I mean, we, we have trouble in the fight when we're not wounded yet. We have trouble winning the battles when we're not wounded. But what happens is the devil sees his chance and he took it. And now we've got to fight. Now we're in this battle and I've got to do right. But I've got to do, I I have trouble doing right sometimes when everything's good and copacetic. But here I am, I'm wounded and I'm hurt by what you said. And yet I've got to do right. Can you do it? Yes. Can a wounded Christian do what's right? Yes. Is being wounded your opportunity to wound back? No. But is it harder? Very much so. Is it an undue difficulty? Yes, because you're wounded because you didn't armor up. You didn't armor up. Or you wounded the other person because you didn't armor up. And so what happens is the devil saw his chance and he took it. And now we've got to fight and we've got to fight where either we're wounded or they're wounded. Where either we're wounded or we've wounded. And both those fights are harder. The, The problem when it comes to you know, our battle against evil and, and preparation for that battle. The, the problem is never that the Lord has failed you. The problem is that we haven't listened to him or, or, or taken the actions that he told us to take. That's the problem. I mean, imagine, because this is what the Lord, the Lord has told us to armor up. He's told you to armor up. And we've either gone, we've either gone oh, thanks, and then just gone about our lives. Or we went, well, it's not that serious. Like, calm down, Lord. That's how, we, we, we laugh when we say that, but that's how we're treating it. But imagine, imagine if, imagine if someone came to you one day out of nowhere and handed you a bulletproof vest and said, you're going to need this. I guarantee you, you would go, well, that's interesting. You know, I don't think, if someone walked up to you with a bulletproof vest and said, you're going to need this and walked away, you'd go, you wouldn't go, I'll put it in my trunk, I'm sure. I'm going to need that someday, but probably, probably not now. I mean, talk about ominous, right? Because I don't know about you, but that doesn't happen very often with me. Uh, but if someone did do that, I would take very seriously what, what they said. But what's in, that's what God has done. 
And we think that we can keep the armor stowed away until we need it. But God has already walked up to us and said, you're going to need this. If someone walked up and said, you're going to need this to me, I would be zipping that thing up. I would even take off my cardigan to do it, right? And I would say, hey, I got to get this on. I got to be ready. But the Lord has told us that. The Lord has come and given us his armor. We're going to see just how much is his armor in two weeks. Given us his armor. And yet we think, oh, I'll just set it over there. I'll get to it. When, when, I see, when I see the battle come, I think, I think you're just exaggerating just a little bit, Lord. So I'm going to sit it over there, and I promise I'm going to get to it. I promise I'll armor up when I, when I need it. And the Lord says, yeah, but you need it now. Now is when you need it. If you want to be able to stand in that day, then what you need to do is armor up today. He gave it to us because we need it now. So the Christian prepares by armoring up. Uh, What else can the Christian do in preparation? What else can we do to be ready? Uh, We we sober up, we wake up, we armor up. And this is sort of the the capstone of those things. We, we, We go all the way. We go all the way in preparation. Prepare all the way. And there's a reason I'm using the word all because the word all is repeated several times in that passage in Ephesians 6. Look at the Ephesians 6 passage there. uh, And and he's going to use the word all multiple times. And they're all related to how we prepare for the battle. So in preparation for the battle, the Lord is going to use the word all, 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 all. In fact, if if you hadn't noticed and you start looking for the alls, you're going to see a lot of alls. You're going to be like, I didn't notice there were so many alls in there. Uh, There's a lot of alls. Uh, telling us what we need to do. So just look at how all is repeated over and over. Verse 11, we're to put on all the armor. It might say whole in like the ESC, but it's the word all. Uh, Put on all the armor, panoplia, uh, panhoplos, all the armor, all the hoplos stuff. Put on all of the armor. Same thing in verse 13, take up all armor. Verse 13, we are to do all, do all, having done all. Verse 16, we are to in all, in all. We have the word circumstances just to make us understand it better. It just says in all, take up the shield of faith. And what will happen if we do so? Doing so will extinguish all the darts of the evil one. All of them, all the darts. Verse 18, we're to pray. Verse 18 has all a lot. Verse 18, we're to pray at all times with all prayers to do it with all perseverance and to do it for all the saints. In fact, in verse 19, Paul asked that we would specifically pray that God would open his mouth with all speaking. The ESV translates it boldly, so you can't see the word all at all uh, in there. Boldly, with all speaking to proclaim the gospel. So, so what is Paul's refrain when it comes to preparing for the fight? What word is used over and over and over? All, 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 all. Ten times, all. I think if someone, if you were in a conversation with someone and they repeated one word ten times uh, in like a three-sentence section, you'd go, I feel like you're trying to hit on a theme. Uh, And that's exactly what the Lord is doing. Uh, One of the ways we must prepare is that our preparation must go all the way. As Christians, there is a temptation and a danger for us to set the bar low. And so there's a danger for us to be somewhat ready for the fight. And we'll think we're ready because we're kind of ready. 
we are readier. We're not ready, we're readier. Uh, but the, the, what God tells us to do isn't just to be readier than you were, it is to be ready. It's not just to be more prepared than you were, it is to be prepared, to go all the way, to, 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 to put on a piece of armor or to take part of the action and to think, okay, I put on the belt, I'm ready. I put on the breastplate, I'm ready. That's not what he says. He says, put on the whole armor, put on all of the armor. So when he lists those things out, he's not listing and you go, I think, I think I'll go with the shoes. I think I'm going to go with the shoes. I think that's what I need today. What, what armor do I need today? I think I'm going to need the shoes of the readiness. I think, I think that's what I need. I think that's what I need. I need the shoes. I need a belt or a belt with the shoes that match or something like that. That's not what we do. You put on all of it. You put it all on because you're going to need all. You can't put on part of it and go, oh, I'm ready. Then we can't do that. If you want to, to, to use Paul's words, which are the Lord's words, if you want to face the enemy, stand toward the enemy, if you want to stand against him, then you must put on all the armor. You must put on all the armor. You must do all. You must take up the shield at all times. You must be asking God at all times in all your requests, doing so in all perseverance for all the believers. If you want to be prepared for the battle, Christians, there are no halfway measures. Halfway preparation is no preparation. Halfway preparedness is unprepared. Halfway readiness is unready. You've got to do it all because if you don't, you open yourself up. And sometimes in a, in a worse way because you think, oh, I'm ready. So you're not, you're, you think you got this. I mean, if, if you know there's a line in the streets and you know you don't have any armor, then you're like this. I mean, you're ready for, you're like, I don't have anything to protect myself. I better be ready. But if you fool yourself into thinking that, oh, I put on the helmet, I'm fine. You'll be, you'll, you'll be far less cautious. And that pride of being somewhat prepared will be your doom. If we want to be prepared, we've no going halfway. You've got to do it all. Because if you don't, you open yourselves up. You give the devil an opportunity. You give the devil a foothold. You give him a place to attack. Because you did not do all. And that's what the Lord tells you to do. Do all. He doesn't just say put on the armor. He says put on all of it. At all times do this. In all circumstances. In all. Not again, not even in all circumstances. Because then we'll try and figure out what circumstances mean. He just says in all do this. Take up that shield. We cannot do some. We must do all. Imagine building some of a wall. The enemy's coming, but good news. I've got two-fifths of a wall up. Uh, and the enemy's going, oh no, we wanted to come in this way, but there's a wall. Uh, you know, no enemy's going to do that. What is he going to do? He's going to go around the wall. How foolish of us to put on some of the armor. Imagine a guy running out for a sword fight and he's like, it's okay, I've got a helmet on. You know, but again, t-shirt and pajama pants the rest of the way. You go, that guy's an idiot. That's what we do. And we're fighting far worse than any knight we might fight. Any soldier of the enemy. We're fighting the evil one. And we think we can put on some of the armor of our God and succeed in that fight. It takes all the faith in the world to think, even if I put on the armor, how in the world am I going to win? It takes faith to trust in the armor of God. And we're so prideful and foolish that we'll either go out with nothing on or we'll put on some of it and think we got a chance. 
Our pride is already our downfall. That's what we do, though, when we put on some of the armor. When God tells us, if you take up all of it and you take it up all the way, then you will stop all the darts of the evil one. And we're like, well, how much can I get for a fifth? How much can I get if I put on two of the things? What will protect me from if I, if I put on the armor but not the shield? A Christian can't just know, we cannot just know about the armor of God. And we cannot just know that we need to, that we need to put it on. We've got to prepare. And that means we must put it all on. So Christian, what can you do in preparation for the battle? Preparation, not in the battle, not after the battle. You do in preparation for the battle, armor up before the fight and armor up all the way. Let me give you two uses, two uses from today that hopefully you can take home with you. Two things that we can apply to preparations for our battle. One, the first thing we learned, armor up before the battle. Uh, We know we need to armor up, but what we often do is we mess up the timing. So Christian, we need to armor up before the fight. We need to have the shield up before the fiery darts come. Every day, Christian, you should prepare yourself by right now committing to put on your armor like you put on your pants. I mean, if, if no Christian would ever walk around without pants on, no one's going to come in here in pajamas. We would, we, would we, would, we would be shocked. There's no way I'd do that. But yet many of us, many of us are walking around with no armor every day. Well, of course we'd get dressed, but God tells us to put on the armor. We go, well, maybe I won't need it today. No one goes, maybe I won't need clothes today. We always, we always get dressed and the Lord tells us what to dress in. He tells us to armor up. And you can see that we don't armor up today in our failed battles. Look at all your failed battles that you've had. You go, why have I failed? Why am I failing? Well, you didn't armor up. You didn't armor up. Did you armor up before the day started? Did you armor up at the start of the day before your feet hit the floor? No. You thought you could armor up later. Our battles, our, our battles didn't fail because our God didn't prepare us. And our, we didn't fail in the battle because, because the fight was just too great. That's often, what we, that's often where we go. That's often the first thing we think. Why did I fail? Where, where were you, Lord? Why did I fail? Oh, that enemy was just too tough. Too tough. I couldn't have, I couldn't. Oh, that was, that was, I, you know, we hear it already in our conversations. We go, well, if they do that, I'm just gonna, and we lay out this thing that we're gonna do. We've already admitted defeat before we even get into it. Well, if he does this, I'm just gonna have to. uh, We fail those fights, not because the fight is too great. Not because God hasn't prepared us. We failed because we didn't take God's word seriously. The enemy only makes it through when you and I ignore what God says. Because he says to armor up and we simply just don't. We try and put on the armor at the last minute. or We try and put on the armor after the fight's over and by then it is too late. So quit, wait, quit waiting until things get tense to start thinking about fixing things. Quit waiting until you see your failure. You know, quit waiting until things get tense in your marriage to say, hey, I need to, man, what's going on here? I need to fix this. Armor up before the fight. 
Quit, quit waiting until you see the failures of, of you to, to not lead your home and you're seeing all the, the consequences of it. Quit waiting till then to think, oh no, well, I better armor up. Quit waiting until your kids are going off the deep end to start things like family devotions or to, to get serious about going to church together. Oh, we're gonna, now we're going to be real serious because things are bad. Quit waiting until those moments. Man, what are you waiting for? You're in a war. You're in a war. If you wait until you see the battle, you've waited too long. Prepare now. Armor up today. Armor up now. Because then is too late. So Christian, already commit yourself. You've said at the beginning, whatever the Lord has said, we will do. You've already said that. The Lord has told you, armor up. The question is, will you do it? Then if you won't, what will be the consequences? What battles are you willing to lose? Because I guarantee you, those are the ones that the devil will put you in. The second thing we learned, prepare all the way. Don't just prepare, Christian. Prepare all the way. Don't just sober up some of the way. Don't just sober up. We'll all cut back on whatever. Don't just cut back, cut off. Sober up all the way. Don't just wake up a little bit. Some of us, we're starting to recognize the battle. We're recognizing that the Lord in his grace is showing us these things that we've known. We've known about spiritual warfare. We've known about, we've even been in battles and yet we're still somehow sleepy. But the Lord through these texts is opening us. Our eyes are awakening. Don't just wait. Don't just crack your eye a little bit and try to keep your head on the pillow. Say, I'm awake. That's what my kids do, right? Time to wake up. I'm awake. I'm awake. Like, no, you're not. I think maybe a quarter of you is awake right now. Uh, I'm awake. I'm awake because they want me to go away. Don't just say you're awake to get the Lord's conviction to go away. Don't just say, oh, I'm awake. I'm awake. As if you can convince yourself that you're ready for the fight. Don't just wake up some of the way. Wake up all of the way. And don't just put on some of the armor of God. Put it all on. Christian, could you describe your daily preparation for battle? The battle for your heart, the battle for your marriage, the battle for your home, the battle for your church, the battle for the name of the Lord in your life. Could you describe that preparation as all? That you do all? Because the truth is, some of you know the, some of the all that you're not doing. Some of you know when I said all, you're thinking about the things that you've already been convicted of that you still refuse to do. You know the all that you need to do. You know the all that you need to do in your marriage. You know the all that you need to do in your home. You know the all that you need to do with your family. And you're not. And God has been gracious enough to remind you of the all over and over and over again. And the battle hasn't come yet. By his sheer grace, it hasn't ripped apart your marriage, ripped apart your home, ripped apart your life. That is sheer grace. Because he's told you the all to prepare yourself for. And you keep going, no, not yet. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do all these other things. Don't do all the other. Do the all. And some of us know the all that we need to do and we still haven't done it. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing That's great. Those things are great. But those things are not all. And that's the standard. The standard isn't do three out of five. You're not trying to get a passing grade here. The standard is all. If he is your Lord, then the standard he gives you is put on all the armor. Could you describe your preparation for battle as all? That's what God tells you you must do. If you want to stand toward the enemy instead of running away, if you want to leap over walls instead of running away scared, it has to be all. So what is the all, Christian? 
that you've been refusing to do. Maybe even replacing it with other good things. What is the all that God is telling you? You know, the, you know what you need to do. Do it. Let me encourage you. Do that all. Whatever it is, do the all. It has to be all. Take, that fight, take the fight seriously. Your enemy certainly does. Your enemy takes the fight very seriously. He's going to have no problem doing all. He's not going to do some. He's going to do all. And if you think you can beat his all with your sum, then you are deceived. And our lives are a testament to just how much deception we're willing to take. How many battle wounds and scars and tear-ups in your family and your life and your home and your marriage, how many of those are you willing to take before you finally do all? How, many, how much of your kids' lives are you willing to sacrifice? How much of your wife's life are you willing to sacrifice before you start doing what you're supposed to do as a man? Before you start putting on the all and doing the all? Because he's going to continue to do the all. How long are you going to continue to just do the sum and deal with those consequences? Because if you don't, if you think you're only getting ready for a paper tiger, Christian, let me encourage, let me tell you. I mean, not encourage you because it'd be very scary. You're going to find out you don't face a paper tiger. You face a very real lion in your enemy. A halfway effort will only end in an all-the-way defeat. But an all-the-way effort results in an all-the-way victory. You do all of this, and what does he promise? You will stop all the fiery darts of the evil one. You want to stop all the fiery darts that Satan might hurl at you, or at your marriage, or at your family? It's easy. It's easy because God's told you what to do. Prepare. Prepare today. And prepare all the way. Let's pray. Just take a moment now. I know we've, we've told ourselves to commit to this. Even now, commit to the Lord to armor up. To start armoring up now. To, to, to not even just start armoring, to armor up now. To be ready for the fight now. To start preparing now. To wake up, to wake up, sober up, armor up now. And to do it all. To go all the way. Commit to go all the way. To do whatever he asks, whatever he tells you. And that he is the, the general and you're going to listen to every command that he gives you and you're going to go all the way. Commit that to him. And if you cannot or will not understand, there's the battle. There it is already. That's how close it is. That's how constant it is. If you can read the words of your God and you can see him tell you about how you need to armor up and then tell you the consequences of what can happen if you don't and you just still go, I don't know, there's the battle. Start winning it. Armor up now. And armor up all the way. And confess if you have not done those things. If there's been some all that the Lord has laid on your heart before and you still haven't done it, you refused even maybe just once you refused to do it. Or maybe it's been years that you've known, I need to start doing this, I need to start doing that, and you just haven't. There's been an all that he's shown you, that he's, he's told you about the, the righteousness that needs to be in your life. This is what righteousness looks like. That's part of the breastplate for you to put on. And, and you said, nah, not that. Maybe, how about this, this, and this? If there's an all that, that the Lord has, has convicted you of and you've refused to do, confess that now to him. 
Confess it and confess that 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 rejection of his guidance deserved for your whole life to be in shreds. For your whole, for consequences just rain down on you for you to remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And you are lucky that your whole world has not turned to salt. So confess. Confess that you haven't armored up before the fight, even though he's told you to. You've been lazy. You've been foolish and thought you could armor up during the fight or after the fight. It doesn't even make sense. Not only does it not make sense, it's disobedient. Confess your foolishness. Confess your disobedience. And then ask him to give you the strength. Ask him to give you the wisdom. Ask him to to teach you to armor up, to armor up today, to armor up all the way. And good news, Christian, that's exactly what he's doing in his word. That's exactly why this stuff is here in the text. This is that we would do it. It's part of his faithfulness. It's part of his deliverance. It's how our God delivers us from evil. Father, we come to you today and we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that when we look at your word and, and what you tell us, we, we see there's so many, so many things that could have happened in our lives because our lack of preparedness or, uh, or, or, or even our, our lack of commitment to you, our laziness, our foolishness. And Father, your guarding has kept a lot of that away. Because if the enemy was allowed to go full bore against us, we would, we would be eviscerated if we are not putting on your armor. But yet, Father, when we do armor up with all of your armor, not only are we able to stand against the enemy, we're able to face him. And we know the promise that as we face him armored up by you, we will crush his head under our feet. As you work in us what would never be possible for fallen human beings like us. You give us a hope and a righteousness and a salvation that that should not be ours. An armor that should not be ours. An armor that comes from you. An armor that is part of your faithfulness. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your protection. Give us wisdom. Give us strength. Father, help us to fight. Help us to fight all the way. Help us to fight in Christ and in Christ alone. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.